This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Now, a very good morning to everyone. Welcome to BTBC. It is a joy to be here gathered. It's a joy we can um, really enjoy. It's a privilege that we do not take for granted. So why don't we begin this time by asking God to help us engage with His Word. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning that we can gather so openly and with such technology. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit will help us right now, that as we read your Word, as we engage with your truth, that your Holy Spirit will engage our hearts and strengthen our hands, that we can understand, we can respond rightly to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, one of the things I hope my children remember me by is that dad likes to read them stories. Over the years, we have read Christian biographies, children literatures, fantasy novels, Christian allegories. And it never fails to excite us when we finally reach the endings. Because the endings always make the journey worthwhile. It seems to have become a norm now that when we reach a sad or difficult moment in the story, one of my children will ask about the ending. Example, that did the character really die? I'll refuse to reply them. But the next day, one of the other child will say, you know what, Gandalf didn't really die. He'll be back as Gandalf the White. Well, someone obviously knows how to use Google. Now, while finding out the ending of a fiction totally spoils the story, knowing the ending of a non-fiction tells us if the book is worth reading or if the journey is worth taking. Now, that's what we have in a non-fiction called the Bible. This morning, we come to a passage from the book of Revelation. It tells us the ending of what we need to know about our world, which points the church to tell us how we should live our life. The book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John to the churches of Christ. He says in the first chapter, verse 9, these words, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus. Now, the churches face the temptation to give up or loosen up, as we read in chapter 2 and 3 of Revelation. And John says, I'm your companion in the kingdom of God. And I'm also your companion in the suffering and the patient endurance required. Now, John wants the churches to look to God's kingdom so that they will persevere and will not deviate from the Christian mission. Now the question for us is this, what is the Christian mission? Well, this morning we'll be looking into Revelation 7 verse 9 to 17 to get a glimpse of God's future kingdom so that as a church we can persevere and we can know what is our priority. So turn now with me to Revelation 7 verse 9 to 17 to catch a glimpse of the ending of our story. So I'm going to read from verse 9 and 10, and you can read with me as well. I put it up on the screen. 
After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now friends, the last time we read about a group of people wearing their own robes, holding up palm branches, was in the Gospel, when Jesus enters Jerusalem. They were looking forward to a king, but actually an earthly king, who will come and overcome their human enemies, the Romans, and then rule a temporal kingdom. But Jesus did not intend to make that happen. And seven days later, they killed him. Now look at today's passage. What we have here is not one people group, but an uncountable multitude from every nation and tribe and people and language. They're all standing before the throne and before the Lamb. And they were there to praise God. They were wearing not their own clothes, but robes that God gives them, white robes washed by the red blood of Jesus. And they were there praising the Sovereign Lord and Jesus for salvation. Now God's kingdom in the future is not a small temporal nation that one people group dreams about. It is an eternal kingdom where every people group can gather in reality. It is not about a king being welcomed by the people, but the people being welcomed to praise the king. It is not about a people winning God's battle, but God winning them for his own kingdom. The future kingdom is an unimaginable gathering of people who have been saved by God. And so the people sings about the fulfillment of God's mission for his own kingdom. They will sing, salvation belongs not to us, but to God. God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Now, brothers, sisters, friends, here is the surprising ending that today's passage wants us to know. It is this, that God's future kingdom is not centered around us, but around God. Our Christian journey and mission is not ultimately about yours or my glory, but is God's glory. And this is actually great news for us, because the Christian message we carry to this whole world is not about us trying to be better, but it is a message of recognizing who God is. Just one chapter earlier in Revelation 6, John actually describes the frightening wrath of God. Who can escape that wrath? But Christians, we are able to proclaim the message of hope to our world that no one needs to earn their way into heaven. And that is really good news. And rather, it is by God's wisdom and power and strength that He makes salvation readily available to you, to me, and to our entire human race, to all who are willing to repent and trust in Jesus, the Lamb of God. 
Furthermore, in today's passage, it goes on saying, on that day, all who are saved, not by their merits, but by God's salvation, they will gather with the angels, with the elders, with the living creatures, and will all fall down to worship God. And the Lamb saying, verse 12, look at it, Amen, he say, we will say, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. You could almost sing the song. Now, friends, God's own mission is His glory. And God's glory is revealed in Jesus dying to save us for His kingdom. So the ending Revelation paints us is the picture of a multitude that cannot be counted, praising God and not ourselves. There will be an eternal singing of joyful gratitude and not the painful sound of self-congratulations because it is God's work that gathers the multitude into the eternal kingdom and not by our own effort. So here is the question. How does the picture of the future kingdom affects our local church? Now, dear brothers and sisters, I imagine those speaking Singlish will not be the majority of the multitude in heaven. For God's vision of His own glory is much bigger than what we can imagine within our comfort zone. But here's the thing. When you and I, when we start to bring the gospel message to people outside of our comfort zone of our people group, they join us in singing and acknowledging God's love, His forgiveness, His salvation, and we actually catch a glimpse of the future glory today. When we hear the faint song of gratitude in different peoples and languages today, it excites us for that future amplified praising that will come. The praising of God who brings multitudes doomed for for judgment into His eternal kingdom, all undeserved. You know, last week, we heard about the missions to Cambodians. And it is exciting to know our sister Shirley wants to be there. And you and I, we can pray that God will give us the privilege of a gospel partnership with Shirley and the opportunity to hear the song of praise from people outside of our country. And meanwhile, our missions committee, even today, they are continuing to meet up during this pandemic to discuss ways where our church can continue the gospel partnership with our Vietnam and our Batam gospel partners. And God willing, perhaps... Perhaps we will be able to support a a Vietnamese staff worker to Bible college so that he or she can bring the gospel even deeper into their peoples. We can pray for Pastor Y who is persevering in student ministries that may not bring direct fruits back to our church because we didn't ask them to come to our church, but that the work will expand God's kingdom for the future day to come. And of course, let us not lose sight of the privilege we have every month in the first week to pray collectively as a church for God's kingdom, for the nations that are outside of what we can see in our country. And even today, our brother Eric from SGAHC, 
He'll be sharing about their ministry with the foreign workers living in our midst, how they conduct outreach to meet their needs, to build relationships and to share the gospel with them. There may be opportunities there as well that we can prayerfully consider. Or perhaps during this pandemic where it is difficult for us to travel or some of us are in the more vulnerable group. Perhaps this is the opportunity to pick up an Operation World Prayer resource to pray. Perhaps to give and pray for a missionary or a mission agency. Or to even read a mission biographies during your free time to fuel the fire in our hearts and prepare us for the future, the glorious future. Now, dear brothers and sisters, as we spend time praying through prayer letters or writing to encourage missionaries or get involved in gospel outreach, perhaps even dialogue dinners later in the year, we will catch a glimpse of God putting white robes washed by the blood of Jesus on people who will make up the great multitudes on the final day. And God alone knows Perhaps that one person that you're praying for, that you're supporting, you're speaking to, may be the next Hudson Taylor or Amy Carmichael to a different nation, tribe, people or language. Getting others ready to sing the song of gratitude on that final day. Now, someone may say or ask, if the ultimate mission is God's glory, then isn't God very self-centered. Well, the truth is, God is self-centered. But that is actually good news for us. You and I, we can imagine how the sun being the center of our solar system is so perfectly preserving your life and my life. But if any of us on this small little earth try to be the center of our solar system, we are in trouble because we do not have the mass to handle the attention given to us. So instead of asking, is God self-centered? The right question we ask should be, what does it look like when God is the center of everything? And that's here that we must look deeper into the future eternal kingdom from verse 13 to 17. Let me read that for us. I put 15 onwards. On the screen. Verse 13, it says this, Then one of the elders asked me, These in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, look at verse 15, They are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear in their eyes. When you and I, when we try to be the center of attention, be in the circle of our influence or our social media, you know what will happen? We will ultimately get depressed from trying to look perfect before others, to look as good as the photo filters make us. And we struggle 
with incongruence between what we like to portray in the media and how we really are in our sinful nature. When we try to be the center of attention, you and I, we will fall apart. But when God is in the center of everything, He makes sure that those under His wings are safe. As Jesus says, like a hand who gathers her chick under His wing, her, her wings in Matthew 23, 37. Because God is going to be the great shepherd. He will not allow hunger or thirst exist in His future kingdom. No one will be lost or without purpose. No one needs to fill the space because God has filled it with His glory. And imagine for a moment the multitudes of Christians in the past, in our generation, and God willing, in the future generations, all who had once suffered physical persecution or cold or hunger, thirst, sickness, inequality, fears, pain, guilt, shame, loss, rejections. Their tears, our tears and our sorrows will be wiped away by the eternal joy that God will clothe each and everyone in that future kingdom. And everyone will be filled with the joy of gratitude, made clean by the redeeming blood of Jesus. All our sins will be forgiven and paid for. All our worldly desires and longings are exchanged for the eternal joy and love and comfort and gratitude to the God who gives salvation. And only God, dear friends, being the center of everything, can bring this unimaginable joy by His own glory, wisdom, and power. So God's glory is God's mission. And that makes God's glory our mission. Now, how does reading the ending of the world affect us? Does it mean that we can now take it easy and we can just... Uh, live each life, each, live our life the way that we, we want because God will make it happen anyway. Not at all. Not at all. Alistair Beck, he helpfully s- explains that seeing the future for us is not to lighten up, but to actually buckle up. That we'll buckle up when we read passages like Revelation 7. And we'll not be lazy, but you'll bring us to our knees. Reading Revelation 7 will help us to focus and be clear about the gospel and our mission. Now, dear brothers and sisters, John did not write Revelation so that churches could take it easy, but for us to be clear of our purpose, to persevere, to pray, and to proclaim that good news of God's salvation and that God is the great shepherd. So may we and our church not lose sight of that future, for the future makes our journey here worthwhile. And may God be that great shepherd to you and me as well on that final day, and we will join the great multitude in the future to sing the song of gratitude, His salvation, His glory, His wisdom, His power, His strength. May God help us. Let us pray together as we close. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to see the future and that we can see the future is so worthwhile that our journey in this life, we will run the race for your glory because it is your glory that will make 
everything purposeful. We pray all this in the name of Jesus for your glory. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at bcpc.sg.